0: Hey Yak, episode 53 of the Quarantine Podcast. We are continuing our discussion on love back in 1 Corinthians 13. So turn your Bibles there. I'm going to read the whole thing again, and then we're just going to cover the first two verses. So last time was kind of a primer, and this time we're going to begin to break down the text. So last time covered the context, this time covers... Really, what's happening in the midst of it? So, here we go. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, We're going to focus our efforts on the first couple verses today. I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. Remember, this is in the context of all spiritual gifts that are kind of uh, there in the church at the time. And many were those who spoke in tongues. But what Paul is saying here is that awesome? You have the gift of tongues. But if you have not love, you're nothing more than, more than a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And he goes on. If I have prophetic powers. If he's saying, if I prophesy, right? So this is the prophetic office of kind of like pastor or teacher. And understand mysteries and, and knowledge within, really, he's talking about scripture here. And if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but I have not love. I'm nothing. So you can be a great pastor, preacher, teacher, Bible study leader. But if you have not love, you're not only knocked down a couple notches. You're knocked down to the bottom. You have nothing. If I give away all I have, if I deliver on my body to be burned, but have not love, I have gained nothing. And we know this. People will (laughs) virtue signal and... I donated to this cause. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Right. right, I'm going to give away this much to the poor or impoverished, but their motives are not the poor or impoverished. Their motives are, look, I am, I am very righteous. And that happened in Corinth just as much as it happens today in the neighborhoods that we live in. But if we do that and have not love, we gain nothing. So, how do I apply this today? Look, you guys are in a season of life as teenagers where you are developing your gifts. Here's the good news. Your gifting has not reached its full potential yet. Should make you feel happy, right? You will be much better at the gifts God has given you a year from now five years from now, and you can't imagine if you continue to develop those gifts, how good you will be ten years from now. And the beauty about gifts is that they bring glory to God, but the shadow of gifts is that we can quickly turn them to bring glory to us. The focus suddenly becomes, look at me, look at me, I can do X. I can prophecy, I can play an instrument, I can... Be an artist, I can reason soundly, I can um, win a debate, I can fill in the blank, right? All those things are good. And we should develop those gifts. But if love doesn't exist in the midst of them, they're worthless. So the question becomes, how do I foster an attitude of love towards my neighbor while I also use these gifts? How do I foster love in my life to where I am not a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal or my gift becomes worthless to the Lord? The first thing I will tell you is that you need to pray for those you hope to love. You need to regularly bathe your prayer, both in adoration of the Lord and for the good of your neighbor. Pray for them by name, regularly. And notice how I said, just not your friends, right? Because we've already covered that when we looked at the Good Samaritan. But pray for those who are on the fringes of your groups, the fringes of your circles, so that as you pray for them, God will sanctify your heart and you will desire to pull them closer to your groups. Even if you consider them almost an enemy now, right? Because that's what we're commanded, to love our enemies. Love those who at times bother us, love those who are hard to love, love those who have done nothing to ascertain your love, but deserve love because they are made in the image of God. So make a list, two or three people, you don't interact with on a regular basis, but they are at least in your circles of influence, and begin to pray for them regularly. That's the first step. The second step is to take action. Get to know those people. And this is the hard part, but if you foster this attitude, you foster love for what Luke calls the poor, or the disenfranchised, or the marginalized in society. So get to know these people on your list. Text them. Hey, how are you doing? When you see them at group or yak or choir or at the skate park or work, go up to them and have a small conversation with them. How's your week been? Hey, have you always lived in Texas? What do you like to do for fun? What's your favorite game to play? You don't have to have a half-hour conversation with somebody, but to ask a couple just questions to get to know somebody is a good thing. Now, more than likely, because marginalized people have a habit of this, they because they're typically left on the outside, they will not know how to respond with a long conversation because a lot of people haven't engaged them before. So it will feel like pulling teeth, and that's okay. You have to give them permission to be seen, and this is a long process, and the way that we give people the permission to be seen is by interacting with them, and eventually once they're okay with being seen, they will be okay with being heard. And so while you at first might get one or two word answers, you are fostering In yourself, the ability to love those who are hard to love. That's good for you. It's good to learn how to, what follow up questions could I ask after that question to kind of think about that? How can I love them when they are low? Based on conversation, what things do they struggle with? This is a lifelong endeavor. Well what if I don't not comfortable with that, AJ? That's ridiculous. Well, look what Jesus says here in Matthew five, right? You have heard that it is said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward? Do you have? Do not the, even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect. Make it a habit to see past your friend groups, foster love for the disenfranchised. And take steps to enlarge your friend circle by including those that are on the outs. Or not maybe not the outs, but the outside of it. By doing this, you love the Lord, you sanctify your soul, and you make much of Jesus. Peace.